Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 126, recorded on November 8th, 2019, where John and Jason talk about Microsoft Ignite, the announcements, the demos, and all the rest of the stuff from the show. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We recorded it at Microsoft Ignite, and Microsoft is giving away Microsoft Surface earbuds to our listeners. To enter, visit HPS, aka.ms, podcast sweepstakes with a capital P and a capital S. And the capital S is actually at the beginning of the word sweepstakes just in case you were wondering. Do that before December 15th, 2019 to enter to win the Microsoft Surface earbuds. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hey, John. Jason. You know what? It is Friday. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) I got to tell you, man, this has been an epically awesome but really long week. It's tiring. It's tiring, but uh, it's, it's been a good week on all fronts for me anyway. My feet are sore. My knees hurt. But I'm old. Yeah, man. I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to leave it with a yeah, man. And uh, I will say my feet are also pretty ripped at this point. We, uh, I looked at my uh, Apple Watch last night. 19,000 steps yesterday. Yeah, it's 17,800, something like that. So, yeah. yeah it, was, it was a long week. But uh, I got to say, I did five sessions. All of them received very positive reviews. My favorite review, though, my favorite comment. Mm-hmm. Ignite has too many people. Yep. Literally, that was the comment. Yep. yep. Not quite sure what to do about that. Our paginator report, one, one of the complaints was uh, it was too crowded. The room wasn't big enough. Yeah, the, the, so the, the, chair, the chairs were too close together. Yeah. You know right. what? That's logistics that the conference needs to hear about, but yes. not anything we can do that's really right. with, uh, unless we're going to walk around with a ruler and make sure there's six inches between each chair before the session. And I had Chris Finland send me some email. He was doing a paginated report at pass or a paginated report session at yeah. pass this week. And he said he had a similar reaction, but a lot, a lot of interest in this stuff. There's a few things that need to get, that needs to be unblocked for general adoption first, but yeah, he's, he's pretty positive. Yeah. I'll say that, uh, a lot of eyes lit up. A lot of heads went nodding up and down when mm-hmm. you did the demo, the hero demo at the beginning. Yeah. And then when we, when I did the how you actually built, how we actually built it, demo at the end, like people grokked it. Yep. They really, they enjoyed the heck out of it. And then we did happy hour a couple hours later. People came from that session and told us that it really lit up for them. They now get what you can do with it. And I think that's part of it. I think that. The lighting it up in the cloud, a lot of people looked at it and went, oh, great, I can do that. But now with the ability to back end against a Power BI report data set that's been created yep. and used for PBIX style reporting, to be able to do paginated on the same thing, that and, and the flip back and forth, the way that you were demoing it, it was just really hit home for people. I think so. And if anybody who's listening to this wants to see it, it was recorded. It's yeah. easily available. Uh, as well as most and, of the sessions from Ignite. And the demo gods were with us, man. Yeah, we no we did not have any demo fail. No, no. It was the first time we ran it, so we, we were a, a little bit... Uh, I went a little bit really fast, and I, you you went a little bit long, like a, just a touch a long. Too slow. No, no, not not slow. Just a little longer than we were expecting yep. it to go. So, but man, I thought that it just hit the mark for us, and I thought that was the best session we've done at Ignite over so. the past five years of I Ignites. Think so. That really was pretty terrific in my book. It sure it sure resonated. Yeah, if you want to go check out any of the sessions from Ignite, you can go to actually an easy way to do it is to use the session builder that we built yeah. for the show because there's links beside each session that will take you right to the video. So link.tigraph.com forward slash Ignite Sessions. 
Yeah. We'll take you to that. And we presented it was uh, Tuesday. That was the Tuesday session. I don't yeah. remember the, the actual number of it, but if you go search for either of our names, you will find it. We'll throw a link in the show notes. Yeah, we'll definitely throw a link in the show notes to that one. That was one of the things that we did together. We've done mm-hmm. several podcasts together. I had a crazy session you on did. Monday. <laughs> you did. It was, I don't know how many people were actually there. You had, what, 3,000 registered yeah, for it? Yeah, there were 3,300 people registered for, for it. For total. a room that held 60, 160 seats. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't technically a room, right, John. It, yes. was a, it was a theater session on the show floor, yep. and I've never seen anything like it. Uh, our friend Adam King, who's a professional photographer and videographer, he, I told him beforehand, said, it's 15 minutes after the technical keynotes get out, one of two things is going to happen. Either nobody's going to show because they can't get back over here in time, or it's going to be a spectacle to behold. Yep. And it was a sea of humanity. You need to send me that picture. We'll make it the hero yeah, well, for the show notes. I want to see if I can get that on my driver's license. <laughs> that was a picture that was like, my mother said, how many of you guys were up there? Because that had just to have been me. a panel, right? I'm like, no, mom, that was, that was just me. <laughs> and her, her response was, wow. Like, it wasn't about me. It was about the fact that there were, there are so few intro level sessions at this conference. Yeah. PowerShell, when you're talking agnostic to a technology, is such a hot topic right now because people are finally getting to it yeah. because the shell for Azure is there and yeah. it works really well. You use it for Office 365, for Dynamics, for SQL, for Power BI. There's PowerShell for everything. Yeah. And for those of us who've been doing it forever, it's old hat, but some people are just still now coming to it, which 15 years later, you'd think that they would have gotten to it by now, but not so much. Yeah. So the uh, paginated report session was BRK3155. Ooh, well looked up. Yeah, quick search of my phone. But no, I ended up repeating that session, and yes. there were only about 300 people for it that time. Before that, there were there were at least 1,000 people yeah, standing crazy. around. It was absolutely insane. And there were several sessions that were like that, where the overflow was so big. This show, I have to say, and this is not kissing anybody's ass, because that's not what we're about, We've been to Ignites that have sucked. Oh, yeah. The this, first three I hated. Yeah. This one, them. last year they, they, they got it, it better. Yep. This time they got it right. Yep. And I really like the flow of the show floor. The 45-minute, 75-minute, 20-minute session thing is still a little bit weird and awkward. 45 minutes just to try and do really good technical sessions tight. is too tight. I think they could tighten it down to 60 instead of 45. Yeah. That would be pretty good. That would be like most conferences. Yeah, 54 do. minutes would yeah. be okay. Even yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just to go random. 54 I, was pretty random, dude. Well, I flipped 45. Okay. That, that was all it was, oh, just to, in little, case you were wondering. A little dyslexic. Yeah. Okay. I actually, I was waiting for you on the morning of the topic we're about to cover here in just a minute. You were running a few minutes behind, and I was grateful for it because I got a chance to sit down with Julia White. Mm-hmm. And you know, we were both in the lobby waiting for people at the same time. We had a nice little five minutes worth of a chat, which she's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk to Julia White, you feel like you're the only person in the world that Mm -hmm. matters. She just gives you that time so completely. And as she got up and said, hey, my group's here. I got to run. Great. I just want to let you know. I told her, I said, the flow of of the show has been so much better. She stopped, gave him a finger, said, hang on, like the proper, like the one one, one second finger, not the the middle one. The index Uh, finger. Yeah. I said, hang on a minute. She came back, sat down. She goes, tell me more. I spent another five minutes wanting to hear the feedback on the show and told me some of the behind the scenes baseball comments of why they did the keynote the way they did. They really wanted it to more interact. They wanted more TV show style where they threw it to the, I, I thought it was really nice. 
And when you can only put 3,000 people into the theater, that was a choice. to watch it from my room. Yeah, but <laughs> they did it where you watched it in these other little theaters and yeah. you didn't know necessarily what the topic was going to be that you were sitting there in front of. Right. Some people did. Like they planted some of the product team there because they wanted to see their sure. stuff. But the others just came in and got to watch. And when it kicked too, they had no idea. That's cool. It was just kind of a neat, neat thing. So I thought that was really great and I appreciate Julia for it. Yep. Are you drowning in spreadsheets? Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. The thing we're here that we're going to talk about today is we got the opportunity to do something new and unique, which was an unconference. Mm -hmm. And when you first told me that we had gotten an unconference, I, number one, had no idea what it was. Right. uh, As we have discussed on the show a couple of times. But it ended up being really good. Personally, I enjoyed the conversation. There were a lot of folks that came that personally came up to me afterwards and went, that was really fun. Uh, and one of the comments, there were, there were a couple in the in the notes that were very positive, but one said this was the best session they came to. Yeah, I know. That's, it's, it's incredible. So. And, and the whole point of the unconference was to basically get people to talk to each other. And there's that was really the only guidance we were given. So uh, the format we came up with was let's play product team for Power BI. Let's let people talk about you know some of the stuff that, that need to happen. So we'd come back with some recommendations. And that, that's what we did. I wasn't sure how well uh, it would work in terms of you know dynamics because you know we're all BI people and we tend to be a little on the introverted side. Mm-hmm. But it worked well. I mean, it was no problem. Every table had a good dialogue going as far as I can see. My table certainly did. Yeah, so my table went a little bit of a different route from the way that we sort of laid it out for everybody. Mm-hmm. We were looking for an idea that people had a problem that they were looking to mm-hmm. say, hey, I wish they would solve this. Yeah. But instead, it became more about, so I'm struggling with this in my environment. Are you all having the same problems? And mm-hmm. it was Which all similar. Con- yeah, similar. Yeah. Uh, you know, the people who were sitting around that table were all similar size companies. They were all massive enterprise companies yeah. looking at, at governance problems and how do you do this? And well, the product only does that, but it's not about the product that's the problem. It was, how do you do it in your organization? What do you do yeah. to, and, and I'll give you one of the examples. It's really what we wanted to get to anyway. It really yeah, worked out another, very yeah. well. But one of the examples was, so you have certified data sets, you have certified this, you have certified that. Who does the certification right. in your business and how does that work? What does that governance model look like for your what you do in your world? Because we're just starting to spin it up and it terrifies us. And so I let everybody else talk because that was the goal was oh, for us yeah. not to be driving. I said, well, the way I've looked at it in the past is don't make it a person, you know, but come up with three roles yep. of you have a someone in the business that's, you know, that that's the, that role. And you have multiple people who are going to sit and do that that role potentially because that way it doesn't create a bottleneck. Yep. And then you have someone who's the technical reviewer, you know, the data person. And then you have an, an exec leader type mm-hmm. of role. And that way you cover everything off. Does it meet the needs of the business? Is it technically sound? And do we really want this out there uh, from a business perspective, uh, from a leadership role perspective? And that 
really clicked with everybody at the table. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I got one. <laughs> and it, it was a lot of fun just to sit and do mm-hmm. and have these discussions with everybody. We have some findings and whatnot that came out of this. Well, yeah, there, and I just, I guess on a, on a top level too, I was kind of surprised, well, not surprised is the wrong word, but it struck me how many people, first of all, are using dedicated capacities. So that's, you know, that's very much enterprise adoption. And you mentioned, you know, they were mostly enterprise customers. So, but some of the pain points that we were hearing and, you know, how to deal with things revolved around dealing with dedicated capacities. And that just, it, I think that speaks to you know, the widespread adoption of that. It kind of took me back a little bit. And we have to, I guess we have to start thinking in terms of the dedicated capacity, maybe a little, as a little more mainstream. I you know, always kind of, it's the solution for this. But mm, I think we need to start to assume that these things are going to be there. And that introduces some challenges. Some of the challenges that uh, that were brought up, if we're going to you know, organize based on that, one of the uh, suggestions from one of the tables was that we need... Uh, we need much stronger real-time monitoring for the premium capacities. We yeah. don't have good visibility today. You've got some stuff if you're using an A, A SKU in Azure, but you don't really have real-time visibility to the premium SKUs, the P SKUs. There's currently a, a Power BI app today that you can connect into your capacity to see what you've been doing, but that's very much a rear-view mirror. Right, it it'll tell you, you know based on the last refresh where were things at, but it doesn't really let you respond to things in, in real time. So we, that's a definite pain point for a number of customers. Yeah. Another thing we have um, is uh, from a reporting standpoint, there's a little bit. There's again using that app if we're even if we're going to go into real time, there isn't really a good way to aggregate values across different capacities. So it's kind of one capacity. Yeah, one of the ones that I kind of had a chuckle at because it ended up being your table that came up with this one was being I able was to hands off. yeah was <laughs> being able to set a time uh, a time zone for a tenant. Yes. This is definitely a big problem that uh, that we've run across trying to do time aggregations because everything's in UTC time. And so we have to well, go and fix it that you know manually, but it'd be nice if we could just set that for the whole tenant. Honestly, it's the, I think a big part of the issue is not everything is in UTC. You know, the service runs in UTC time. But when you do designs with the desktop, I, we've talked about this before, when you do designs with the desktop, it's going to evaluate based on the time zone of your of your local machine. And that leads to some pretty scary and consistent results if you aren't expecting them. And the requirement here isn't anything crazy, a pile of different functions, but you know, what if we could just set the default time zone for a particular tenant? That's going to remove the pain for 80, 90% of the use cases that have a problem with, uh, with, with time zones. So that seems like, a, to me, a simple fix. So instead of evaluating all of your time functions in UTC, evaluate whatever the tenant is set to. I think that's completely reasonable. I'd love it if just in desktop there was a parameter that, allo- that allowed you just to go in and say, I for this report, I want it to be in this time zone. And yeah, then all evaluations. Handle- yeah. yeah, that would just be a real. I'm, I'm sure it's complicated and hard, and that's what we always hear well, about things that are are like this. It's Man, an offset. That's really it shouldn't hard. be too bad. No, it really should just be something but, that can happen. So, so I think that's a totally valid. And when, when when this goes into user voice, if something already isn't, which is what we're plan on doing with this, I think that that goes right alongside of it. Yeah, the ability to set the default for the tenant, but also the ability to set it at a report level would make perfect sense. Yeah. This report runs here and that report runs there. And so you don't have to, you know, stand on your head like, frankly, I have to do now and have different models for different time zones. And that's a bit of a pain. Yes, so. I completely agree. Back to uh, premium capacity as well. There was a, another suggestion that uh, in addition to, you know, real-time reporting, that should also be available through 
an API, right? Just like the other metrics. Today, you get Power BI usage reporting through the management API. I'm well aware of that. We're looking at that as, as TIEGRAPH, as what you might expect. But if you're using a premium capacity, that usage doesn't come through the API at all. It's only reporting today on any workloads that are in shared capacities, the pro-style capacity. I did not know that. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. So I learned something so, today. So there is a strong need for uh, getting at the, the metrics for those dedicated capacities. And ideally, I would like to see them come through the management API. That would be really, really cool. Wow. Yep. From a usage standpoint, this one came from uh, one of the members of my group. They struggle with uh, auto aggregations. One of the things he reported back is uh, he likes to do ranking and tables. And the ranking is based on multiple dimensions. And his problem is he has to create basically a calculated column to get the uniqueness down for the ranking. Because he can't, base, he can't add one dimension and another as a column and then rank the combination of those two columns. And the idea is maybe inherently the table should be able to do ranking based on the combination of those two columns. Yeah, I heard that when they were giving the feedback, but I've never run into that as a problem. No, I haven't either. Personally, but I think that... I can't really speak. I, I guess just intuitively, I just expected it would work like that. Yeah. But. Or another one is on a table level or a matrix, and we're talking about visuals now, yeah. the, the table visuals and matrix visuals, as I was talking about before, it would be nice to have a flag that says, just don't auto-aggregate. So that when I drag on my dimensions and measures, et cetera, it's just going to give me a row level report of everything. It's not going to try to roll everything up by default, which is, you know, it's a great feature. You can turn that stuff off on a field, on a dimension, whatever we want to call them, columns, mm -hmm. dimensions, field. You can go and say, I don't want to aggregate this column, but it won't auto aggregate anywhere. You may just want that to apply to a table. You just want a table to behave this way. You don't want that to be a property of the of the dimension, you want it to be a property of the table. So yeah. that whenever I drag anything on here, I'm going to see the most detailed level I possibly can all of my data. So that makes a lot of sense to me too. Yeah, I can see why they do it the way they do, but I also think that would be that would be a nice configuration setting. That pretty much hits um, most of the conclusions or the recommendations we uh, we got back from from our unconference tables. Anyway, a lot of it, you know, it was what was nice about that session is this certainly happened to my table a whole lot oh man, it would be awesome if we could do this or we could do that. And somebody else will say, well, you can. You have to do this and this and this. That was kind of the point of this, yeah, right? That, that happened a lot at my table as well because I was, I was busy trying to moderate. And uh, thankfully, uh, Teresa Eller, big friend of the show, uh, came around and said, they kind of need you over in one of the tables. I'm not as useful as you will be in this particular conversation because I don't do the stuff they're talking about right now. Why don't I do the explaining to new people who are showing up late thing and you go sit with that table that's talking about that enterprise stuff that I'm not into at the moment. It's like, if you're sure, because I, I, I don't want to take you away. But no, she goes, and then she went around taking pictures. So we'll have a bunch of stuff and we'll post some of the boards. What we did was we, we had these little whiteboards yeah. uh, that people were writing down all the notes on and everything. So we have all that stuff and we're going to go through and try and get some stuff into user voice and credit the unconference as a whole with it. But one of the, the, the unconference was good. I really enjoyed the format. Some of the scheduling stuff. Yep. Was, was the only issue that we ran, we really saw. And my, my comment was, it would be really nice if they would look and, and do something like, we're going to only allow people to register that is up to, let's call it 6x the number of seats that the, kind of, that the space holds. The metric I saw generally for the sessions was somewhere between a quarter and a third people that register actually show up for yeah. the conference. So you know, there were 30,000 people here. 
at the show. Yep. And I had a tenth of them register for an intro to PowerShell session. Yes. That shouldn't That's... be able to happen. <laughs> and then have an unconference that caps out at exactly the number of seats. Number number nine to see. The first like first session after all the big parties the night before. Yeah, that's true. Probably you know allow for an overflow number to be registered for it. And the group that has put all of this together, yeah. and, you know, we've had an on. They did a great job, and they're trying new things. Yeah. And well, this is Brandon. You know, I full I applaud all of it. They've done a great job. I can't complain about it. It's just a suggestion that 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 should just be a metric across the board, maybe yep. six times the number or whatever that number needs to be, three times, 10 times, whatever it is, the number of seats in a space, that's where you cap it off. Maybe you have a waiting list that you can let people know and, and use push notification out of the app. Oh, you have a seat in this. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. They didn't yeah. do that for the unconferences and I, and I get like, it. Sort of like waiting to be upgraded on a flight. Yeah. But uh, that would have been kind of a cool thing because we did have uh, half the space. That's not true. We had a little bit more than half the space filled. Yeah. Because we had 12 tables and there That's were right. only five six. empty tables. That's right. So That's it right. ended up working out very well. It was a lot of fun. Definitely hope we get to do this again, or at yeah. least somebody does this again, because I wouldn't... I'd know, love to do it again. If somebody else moderates it, totally cool, but I, yeah. it was a great experience, I, and I highly recommend that they do it again. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. One other comment that comes out of the comments that we've seen so far was uh, whiteboards are too small. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's just that's, another thing to add in there. Yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 would, they would have liked to each each table have a Surface Hub. Yeah, well, that, oh, they could, that they could then take, take home. home with them. Yes, yes okay, I think that okay, was what they were okay. hoping for. I'm registering uh, for that session. <laughs> I don't think that's quite realistic, John. I don't John, think it but is. It's a romantic idea, and I'd I liked it. I would support it wholeheartedly <laughs> as long as I'm not paying for it. There's a um, yeah, so we've had some good uh, conversations while we're here at the show. Yep. Definitely looking forward to this show being over for the year only because yes. we start to get to look forward to it next year. And hopefully we'll be back again. But it has been a great week. We're doing uh, the DFW SharePoint user group here in just a little just bit. Just a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. we're going to do that shortly. So if you don't know about it, they all of their sessions go online recorded. You can go join their user group user group. We'll put a show link in the show notes to that. But we've had some great uh, conversations. We are going to interview that guy in a cube. Yeah. We're going to have to find a cube to interview him in at some point later yeah. today. We've had some great conversations with Adam throughout the week. Uh, we've been lucky enough to have him here while you know, Patrick's over at Pass Summit yep. along with a lot of other folks out the, there. It's, it's the guys in a cube are, are splitting their efforts up. So Yeah. yeah. And the happy hour went really well. All the things this week have been very good. Really enjoyed the show. Yeah, I really so, did. It's the best night I've certainly been to, that's for sure. Looking forward to future years of, of doing this again, hopefully. And unfortunately, we didn't get to get on a big stage this year. That's okay. It's behind us and empty, so we may just go sneak up there and... Get a and, picture. Yeah, <laughs> and pretend like that was where we did this, this from. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed being here. It's been yep. great to hang out with you this week. Absolutely. And, uh, in person we, at we, all. We had Ed with us for most of the time, too. Yeah, my part, business partner. Business is partner. Nice, yeah. And, yep. Yeah. I got nothing else, man. I think we're covered I'm off ready for to this go to week. Disney. Well, we've gone along on the last few episodes, so if we're a little late on this one, that's just fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go do some Galaxy's Edge and some Avatar, and you do that. I'm going to go home and you, just you, you chill. do that too. Yeah. All right, buddy. I will talk to you soon. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 